This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hi, how are you doing? We've got a really packed show. I'm going to be taking you through how to do a customer journey mapping activity. So if you're not sure what one of those is, don't worry, I'll explain all. But it's essentially where you just have a think about what your customer experiences when they're working with you and your business at every step of the way and how does that compare with how you want them to be feeling are there opportunities to innovate and do things differently i'm sure there are so the customer journey mapping process helps drive out all of those ideas so that you can get a much better experience for customers you can innovate and you can grow your business. So that's what we'll be focusing on in this episode. So let's get going. In this show, what I'll be covering is first of all, what is customer journey mapping? What do we mean by that? And what is a customer journey mapping workshop? Remember that you can do this with a huge group of people through to just sitting down and actually having a workshop with yourself, just doing it one-on-one. I'll be giving you some examples of some real customer journey maps to inspire you. And I'll also be helping you think about what to prepare for your customer journey mapping session. We'll be thinking about the importance of customer emotions along that journey and why they're so important. And I'll also be sharing some ideas and thoughts around how you can actually co-create this with customers and work alongside customers in your workshop or at least parts of it and how you might test this with customers as well. I'll give you a customer journey mapping workshop agenda with some activities as always and also some things to do after the workshop in terms of taking it forward, testing it, validating it and moving it on. I'll be sharing some examples of some customer journey software mapping tools. There's all sorts of good stuff out there and some useful references and resources as we go. So it's a packed agenda. Let's start off by just thinking what is customer journey mapping. And essentially, it's a really powerful tool that you can use to understand what it's like to be a customer buying from, experiencing, interfacing with, working with, your business and you think about that experience at every single touch point so all the physical touch points it might be a shop a virtual touch point like a website it could be signage it could be how people pay all those different aspects and you also think about the people the people touch point and what that experience is like from a service point of view so you're thinking about the physical and service people and virtual touch points, every single touch point that your customer has along the way, what it's like to be in the customer's shoes so that you can find out where you can do better, where you're doing really well, but where you can do better and move that forward. You can also use this process if you're starting something new, if you're starting something fresh. So I've got some products that I'm about to launch and I've used this process to think about the step-by-step process that I want my 
customers to go through that will be a really good experience for them. It's about getting some insights, getting some ideas and being able to innovate your service value proposition so that you can keep customers, attract customers and just know that you're doing a really great job. I'm sure you are already, but it's about leveling up that job. But a customer journey map essentially has um, all the different stages of the customer journey, usually in a row along the top. And you think about at each of those steps, what is the customer going through? You map out the customer process step by step. You think about what's going on in the business to deliver each of those steps. So that's the next row down. You think about each of those, what are you delivering? What are you doing? And then another row to think about, well, what's the experience like for customers and and then build in the emotions alongside that. So you've got each stage along the top, what the customer is doing for each of those stages, map that out, map out what's going on in the business to achieve that for the customer. And then really think about what is that like to be the customer in the customer's shoes at each of those stages. And you create a visual. A very well-known example of customer journey is IKEA or IKEA, depending on how you prefer to say it. And IKEA do a really good job, don't they? Once they get you in the store, it's really well signed. You walk through all these sets which are laid out in terms of different room inspirations and you follow the map around the store all the way through to checkout and then you go and actually help yourselves to what you've bought from the warehouse as well using codes. So you even sort of, you know, go into the warehouse and grab your own stuff. And they've thought about that very deliberately every step of the way in terms of what they want customers to see and how they want them to behave. IKEA have done that also with their online journey. And this really goes to show that you can be any sort of business. You can be a business to business organization. You could be a charity, a not-for-profit, a public sector organization. You could be a digital business, a bricks and mortar business. It really doesn't matter. This activity of customer journey mapping is really important because we've all got customers. Our organisations wouldn't exist if we didn't have them. So therefore, we can do it for them. And just to give you an example of financial services and banking digital customer journey map, this one is from Westpac, who do banking in Australia And they did customer journey mapping to think about how to start a business account, what happens in the first 30 days. They've done other journey maps as well. And this one is from sophiegreenfield.com if you want to go and have a look at that case study. But just to give you some examples of how this is being used, it's being used for real to drive real commercial results. And you can do it too with your team and your businesses. But before you do that, it's important to prepare and think about what you need in order to get started to do a really good job because you could just start and start to sketch things out but you'll be so much more efficient if you do a bit of thinking about it and it's really essential if you're going to be facilitating a workshop with other people in it as well. So the first thing to do is to define the purpose and the scope of your customer journey mapping activity. So You know, you can't do the whole business, particularly if you've got different types of customer, different products, different services, and so on. You can't do the whole thing. That would be overwhelming. So you need to pick somewhere to start. Maybe pick one or or a small number of customer types of customer, customer groups, segments, and 
maybe just start with a certain bit of the journey. You could map everything out at a high level, but then you will need to pick a place to start because if you try and do everything in huge detail, you're going to end up with the biggest customer journey map um, ever that you won't be able to do anything with. So you might want to pick something like paying for something, making a complaint, a query, the product purchase process, something like that. And then what you'll need to do is gather data that will inform your customer journey mapping activity. More on that in a second. So you're going to think about where are the priority customers that you want to start with and which bits of the process which bits of the customer's journey do you want to start with? And then go and get some data that will inform you. So the types of data you can get are things like demographic data, you know, age, where people live, the sorts of things they do for a living, you know, whether or not they live with other people, those sorts of things, the very traditional things. And you can get a lot of that from, you know, if, if it's a digital thing that you are mapping, you can get a lot of that, of course, from things like Google Analytics, social media statistics, and so on. Behavioral data is really important. So don't just rely on the traditional demographic stuff because, you know, I'm 53 and my attitudes and behaviors might be very different from another 53 year old woman in the UK, right? So think about other dimensions too. Behavioral is what people are doing. Attitudinal, of course, is how they think, their philosophy, their view of life, their approach to things. Also have a look at what competitor data you can get your hands on as well and see how well competitors are doing this for for that group of customers and and how well they are performing each of these different stages. Now, where can you get this stuff from? You can actually find a lot of it out through social media, through understanding your customers, by asking them questionnaires, surveys, talking to them, observing them. For competitors, you can do mystery shopping and go and experience that for yourself as a customer would. And you can do that for your own business, actually. I, I do recommend that you mystery shop as a customer and do it yourself. And especially if you're the boss, put yourself in the customer's shoes, go incognito and just step by step walk through that journey. You can use your analytics, customer feedback, all those things. And what you're trying to do is get as much data as you can so that you can see where there might be some pain points, where there might be some opportunities for improvement, and also understand customer sentiment. And channels like Twitter, for instance, are really good um, if your business is on Twitter and you can follow social media comments about your business there, then you can pick up some really good sentiment in terms of how people are feeling. And that really matters. Emotions really matter in the customer journey experience. And you'll have heard me say this in other shows over and over. We make our decisions, we take our actions, we behave based on emotion and we post-rationalize that. We justify that after the event with logical explanation because we make every decision, we take every action because we want to feel a certain way, right? That's what I mean by emotion. So we need to know how this feels because if we're cheesing people off, if we are you know, being unhelpful, if we're getting in the customer's way, then that's going to drive frustration. And we don't want our customers to be feeling frustration. That's an emotion we want to avoid, for instance. What if you have no data? What no data? What do you do then? Well, 
see what you can find out. Maybe just spend a little bit of time talking to some customers who you trust or doing some field work and just get it. You don't need to have loads and loads of perfect data. You just need to have enough to give you a good enough insight because sometimes the assumptions that we make about our businesses and how they're performing is for customers is different from how the customer receives it, right? So, you know, those people who are complacent and think they know exactly how customers are feeling without asking them aren't always right. They're usually not right. So if you haven't got any data, don't worry about it, but see what you can do to take an agile approach to going and finding out what you can. And remember, as you're gathering data, think about you know how you can find out how customers are feeling, not just what customers are doing and what physical, virtual and other things might be getting in the way, but how that's affecting them. A really good thing that you can do is to think about how you can co-create your journey map with customers. So, you know, you might not want to involve them in the whole thing, but certainly get them to explain how it feels at each of the stages. So you can ask some trusted customers to do that. And you can do all sorts of things, use social to do polls and questionnaires, lots of different ways. But please do think about how you can engage with customers as part of this process to make it really real and meaningful so that you come out with some really good stuff as a result. Okay, so now we're into the customer journey mapping workshop. And in this workshop, what you're gonna do is think about who is your customer and what are they trying to do? Then you're gonna map out what it's like for them to interface with your business at the moment. You'll do some work to identify the pain points and the opportunities to innovate and improve your customer journey experience. And then after that, create a new customer journey map which you'll go out and test and then start to put into action and implement some of the wins that you've got from the customer journey mapping process. And now that's if you've got an existing product or service that you want to work on. And as I said earlier, you can just start off with mapping out the ideal process if you're doing something brand new that you haven't done before in your business. Maybe you start off with mapping out a few competitors, customer journeys, for instance, how they do it, and then see how you can innovate um, even better. As always with your workshop, start off with a good welcome and introduction. Make sure that people are really aware why they are with you and what you're there to do and what the objective is and what's going to happen as a result of all the work they're going to put into the workshop so they can see that it's going to be used um, actively in the business. And then of course, you'll need a quick warm up and icebreaker, even when people know each other, get everybody's heads into the topic and into the room, not left you know, with what they were still doing just before they walked in. Lots of ideas for icebreakers on bigbangpartnership.co.uk. Go to the blog section and just type in icebreaker in the search tool and you'll see a few articles with quite a few hundred suggestions for different icebreakers on there. Then the next thing you'll do is get into the first activity which is persona creation. Now, what does that mean? Well, a customer persona is essentially a representative avatar, often fictitious, but it's a representative customer. So you you might give the customer a name and you build a whole view in terms of what's important to that customer type. Now, I don't like, if I'm being really honest, I hate making up, oh, we've got a customer called Doris and she's this old and she does this and she goes here. I don't like doing that when it's completely fictitious, even when it's based on data. I prefer to think of some real customers in that segment that I know or that I've spoken to 
and think about them in combination, find out what the characteristics are and the interests and what they're trying to do, what's shared amongst them. And I try and base it on real customers and combine those into the customer persona. And that works so much better for me than making things up. It just feels more credible as well. But you're thinking about their preferences, their daily routines, their pain points, more about that to follow. But what what is it they're trying to do? How they speak, their language, are they very formal or are they very corporate or are they more chatty, informal, text speak, whatever? Who are they influenced by? What influences, um, what factors play into their purchase decisions? What are they reading? What are they watching? And what are their aspirations? And many, many more. These are the sorts of things you're thinking about. And why are you thinking about these things? It's so that you can understand them better. And by understanding them better, you can make sure you tailor your products and services and the journey experience so that you really get it right for customers. Practically all, nothing's perfect, but hopefully all the time, but as often as you possibly can. And then you start to, you get all those characteristics just mapped out and captured in, I like a plan on a page, a persona on a page, yeah? So... This example has a picture, some demographics, but then some of the interesting areas around goals and challenges and things that worry them, hobbies, interests, those sorts of things, whatever categories from the list that I've shared that are useful for you. So we've done the welcome and introduction. We've set the scene. We've got everybody getting focused on the task in hand with a really good relevant icebreaker. And then we've started to think, so who, who is the customer that we're aiming to target based on some real customers or based on some data, preferably the two. And you're going to create a persona creation map. Of course, go to the article I mentioned earlier if you want to have a look at these templates. The templates I'm using for these things I have got from slideteam.net, www.slideteam.net. And I pay a subscription for that. And essentially, they're amazing PowerPoint templates that you can use and edit. You can brand, you can change everything, colors, everything. And I don't get paid for any of these, by the way. These are things that just help me. Okay, so you've decided on your customer persona. The next thing is to create a customer journey map where it's got the steps along the top, what the customer does at every step, what the internal process is to provide that for the customer at every step, and then what the experience is for the customer at each step as well. And really importantly, it captures for each of those customer experiences. We can see how they might be feeling. We can see what we're doing as a business at that stage. What improvement, what key learning do we get from that, from what we've just mapped out? Now, that is a linear type of map where it starts at one end and you work through and you get to the end of the process. In this case, it's navigating the website, finding a frequently asked question, asking a question, getting some follow-up from customer service, and then the inquiry being resolved. It could be non-linear, where it's not just straight across from one step to the other. It doesn't always have to be a straight line with arrows. There can be lots of different decision loops and things happening in parallel elsewhere as well. So don't be constrained by just going across. The third example I've got for you in terms of how you might want to visualize this 
is a linear format again, like the first one, but this has got more emotions built in. So it's still got all the things like awareness, discovery, ordering, waiting, receiving, consuming, and sharing, all the different steps that the customer goes through and what the customer is doing. You've also got the emotions expanded here in terms of what is the customer thinking, what are they feeling, and what is the experience like from the perspective of convenience, enjoyability, and enrichment. A couple of examples there of the emotional experience coming up next, service blueprint. So what a service blueprint means is that you separate out each individual stage that the customer goes through. You've got what is happening in terms of every touch point, whether it's a person touch point, somebody in the business, one of your employees. It could be a virtual touch point or it could be a physical touch point that the customer experiences. And a service blueprint splits those out deliberately. And actually, you can get into a lot of detail in terms of the physical touch points and things and also the virtual ones. I mean, for instance, in a restaurant, your touch points could be the restaurant itself, right? But how comfortable is the chair? Are the loos clean? How warm does it feel in here? What's the temperature like? All those little details actually really matter to combine into a bigger experience. And virtually, it's not just what your website looks like. It's how easy is it to navigate? How long does it take to load? You know, is it really fast on a mobile phone or do the pictures take forever? Are there good videos that show people how to do things? All of those things. And then think about what's the customer thinking how are they feeling at each stage and what are they expecting and how are you matching up so you can do customer journey mapping in a number of different ways try one pick the one that feels like it might best suit you and your business and your product or service that you're doing this for and the customer that you're doing it for try it and you might want to add a bit of this and a bit of that from the others that i've suggested and create something that really works for you the final example of a type of customer journey map is a multi-channel one. And this is really used in marketing when you're thinking about people might find you and come to you through many different channels. Customers might do different things. So you can follow their online journey through social, web, in-person, contact center, mobile, and, and so on. And you can map that in as well. Right. So once you've mapped all of that out, the next piece is to do pain point analysis. So what do we mean by pain points? Well, the word pain points comes from strategizers, business model canvas and value proposition canvas. Essentially, the customer, when they are buying from you or, or, or trying to buy from you or complain about something or take something back, they're trying to get a job done. They're trying to get a task done. And there are things that get in the way of that, the pains and things that help them, which are gains. So it's our job to make sure we relieve the pain. We provide pain relievers. We minimize the pain for the customer and that we, we create as much gain, as much positive experience and ease and so on for the customer as we possibly can. So we need to identify where we're getting in the way of the customer and where we are creating a negative experience. But one that matters, right? Because there could be really tiny things that could be better, but people don't notice or they just don't care about. It doesn't matter. You don't want to be spending a lot of time and money resolving things that, that don't matter and that aren't going to be noticed or appreciated or valued by the customer. So think about things that matter, identify what they are, and there can be things that you can do better um, or things that you're doing well that you could build on. 
And then in this activity in your workshop, you're going to be thinking about, well, how could you use that insight in terms of the customer's pain points to be competitive, to stand out, to differentiate? And you do that by thinking about how you can be more personalized, how you can provide a personalized experience, because that really does give you differentiation. And you could say, yeah, but we've got hundreds and hundreds of customers and you know they're all online and that's really hard to do. Well, Amazon have got millions of customers and I've never had a human interaction with an Amazon employee, but it's highly personalized. That's why um, Amazon does so well. One of the many reasons why Amazon does so well. So you can do this. It's called mass personalization, right? Then it's thinking about how you can create a seamless experience. How do you make it easy? How do you focus on emotion and getting the customer to feel how you want them to feel by providing the right experience that's going to generate that? How can you innovate and how can you do this in line with your brand? And I like to use the six pillars that KPMG have researched over a decade of research into the six pillars of that make a great customer experience and this is in any industry whether it's business to business business to consumer and so on firstly is empathy how are you showing the customer that you really identify with what they're trying to do and you're, you're showing that you understand where they're coming from and you appreciate their point of view personalization is another pillar i've just talked about personalization time and effort you don't want the customer to, to be spending too much time or too much effort on the wrong things that are going to frustrate them and get in the way. It's about being clear about expectations, not over-promising and under-delivering. It's about when things go wrong, resolving them really well and actually using when things go wrong as an opportunity to show that, you know, to really show that you care and turn it round. And often customers can be even more loyal as a result of that resolution. And then operating with integrity. So doing what you say you're going to do, keeping your promises and really making sure that your organisation behaves responsibly and ethically and is seen to do that um, at all times. So they're the six pillars, empathy, personalisation, time and effort, expectation management, resolving things well and operating with integrity. So you can look at your customer journey experience and use those as prompts and then come up with lots and lots of sticky notes to find ways in which you can do those even better if you're doing them well, or where you can start to do them better if you're not doing them at all. And sometimes you can find that actually some of the simple things, you know, time and effort, you are unintentionally putting some barriers in the way of your customers having a great experience. And they can often be quick fixes as well. Sometimes, not always, but they can be some really quick fixes and some low hanging fruit. So having identified and prioritized your persona and got a really good understanding and creating a persona on a page, you've mapped out the customer journey experience, you've identified and prioritized the pain points, you've thought about how you can make a real difference with those so that you can provide a better customer experience overall at every stage on the things that really matter. And now it's time to put it all together and create a new customer journey. So you rewrite your map, the map that you created before, and you map it out as it should be. So you've done the as is, now you're gonna create the ideal customer journey that incorporates all the ideas that you've had from activity three, the pain point analysis. There are some great tools, by the way, that you can use. And again, I don't get paid to mention any of these. I take no commercial benefit from it at all. 
These are things that I think are useful and helpful. And I'm only suggesting them to you because you might find them useful and helpful as well. I only suggest things that I find helpful myself. You've got Smaply is journey mapping software. You can have a whole hub of journey maps, personas, systems maps. There's lots of things you can do. And for all of these, by the way, you can sign up and have a free trial and you can play around with them and see if any of them work for you. A lot of them are collaborative as well. So you can have people, multiple people working from them in different locations. There is Touchpoint Suites, which is an all-in-one platform to engage customers and grow your business. So this actually involves customers in the process as well in a good way. So this might be something you want to look at if you are interested in involving your customers. As I say, I don't get paid at all for any of these. These are just things I find genuinely helpful that I'm suggesting to you. There's UX Pressia or Ux Pressia, not quite sure how you say it. Great for, for UX. You can create some really professional customer journey visualizations and again, collaborate with people in real time from different locations virtually. Canvanizer helps you audit your existing services and a look at pre-service, post all different phases of the customer journey. And it um, helps you to think about it from the customer's point of view. Creately is, is another one. There's lots of templates in these. So Creately also has lots of customer journey mapping templates and ideas. And they are super, super easy. You know, if you can do a PowerPoint slide or a Word document, then these tools are just as easy to use with, with a bit of practice. You know, 10 minutes or so playing around and you'll soon get the hang of them. And of course, one of my favorites, Miro or Miro, they do more than customer journey mapping. They're a virtual whiteboard. I've done other podcasts on Miro, so you might want to have a look at those if you're new to it. But essentially, it's a virtual whiteboard, and you can do mind mapping, brainstorming, project planning, whatever, whatever you want to do, you could do it in Miro. And it has some great templates, including some customer journey map templates as well. Okay, so you're creating the new customer journey. You don't have to use those tools, but they, they might be helpful. And you've mapped it out as it should be. And everybody's agreed you know, in the group, yeah, that'd be so much better. So now you need to do your action planning. What are you going to do to make that new customer journey experience happen and live? And you'll have a number of ideas and activities. I suggest you prioritize them. I like to prioritize them by how challenging they are to achieve and versus the level of positive impact they'll have on a two by two grid. So if, if it's a high uh, impact and a low level of challenge to achieve, yeah, get started. That's a, a really quick win. If it's going to have a high positive impact and be a bit more challenging to achieve, you need to start planning and work out how you're going to get there because the sooner you start, the sooner you'll get there. But start now because it might take you a while. Um, obviously, if you've got something which isn't going to give you a huge positive impact, don't prioritize it, um, especially if it's going to be a lot of effort to achieve. What you want to do there is rescope the project or park it. So prioritize the actions. Make sure that you will leave with a really clear action plan. Some of the things I think you need to include are to share the customer journey map and action plan with the team and stakeholders. You know, it should be a living, evolving thing. It's not a, a one and done. You'll have other thoughts about it. So if you can display it somewhere, if you've done a paper or a real whiteboard version or have it so that people can access it on a virtual version, that's really good. Make sure that you validate this with real customers. 
right? And just test, uh, particularly if you're going to invest any amount of time or money in changing things, you need to make sure that you're putting your money and your time where it's going to matter. So test it with customers, make sure you've got it right, and then monitor the impact. So look at the impact it's having using data. Think about what you're going to measure in terms of your success measures beforehand, and then start to track it. And then don't stop there. This is never done. You know, the world is constantly changing. Customers' expectations are constantly changing as a result of that. And we need to make sure that we're relevant, up to date, and we're moving with it. So you'll need to keep refreshing this and see it as a really live thing that you're doing. That's your agenda. I suggest, you know, absolute minimum of half a day if you're super well organized, you've got loads of data and you're really on it with your facilitation. You might want to do a day like a 10 till 3 or a 10 till 4, give it a bit longer if this is new to your organization, if you've got lots to talk about. and and some things that you want to to really work through. You might want to give it a bit longer. All of this, um, I've shared a lot of information. I've shared a lot of visuals. And if you want to see all of those visuals and more and read about it in more detail than I've been able to go into in the length of this show, you can have a look at that really detailed article, which is Facilitate a Customer Journey Mapping Workshop that gets results. Search that on the bigbangpartnership.co.uk webpage. So that's quite a, a packed show. I really hope you've enjoyed it and you can find loads more resources all free on the website bigbangpartnership.co.uk slash resources. Right. That's it from me. Thank you for joining. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.